Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the Jumbo Package NFL Podcast. I'm Sonny Giuliano. I'm joined by my co-host, Paul Clark. We've been breaking down each and every division in the NFL. If you've been following along this week, you will know that we have only two divisions left. The NFC South is up next. Paulie, this could be a very competitive three-team race for the NFC South crown. Yes, it could. This is, this is a very good division with some a lot of talent. And uh, I think there's going to be a lot of good football being played in the South this year. Good division, a lot of talent, some good coaches, and then there's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yep, that's about (laughs) it. Um, Okay, so I'll kick things off. My one big question for the NFC South, is this a three-team race from start to finish? Or do you think one of these teams is able to distance themselves by the end of the year? I think it's a three-team race from start to finish. Okay. I am like halfway in agreement with you. I I prefer one team a little more than than the other two, Um, but I want your take on it. Let's hear it. As far as what? Oh, just how even you think all three teams are? Because uh, the sound of it well, didn't. Oh, well, I, I mean, not uh, if you want me to tell you, I got two teams at eleven and five, and one team at ten and six. So okay, yeah. So I, I have a little more distance between um, my number one and number two team, and definitely my number one and number three team. So you you look at it a little bit closer than I do. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think it's coming right down to the to the tiebreaker. It, it was damn close to being that way last year. Um, Saints and Panthers both were eleven and five. The Falcons were ten and six. Uh, all three made the playoffs. I think that there is a chance that all three could again make the playoffs. Um, a lot of that could have to do with with how good and healthy Aaron Rodgers is in Green Bay, but we'll get to that when we talk about the NFC North. Um, what was your one big question for the South? My one big question from the South is, does Jameis Winston get his starting position back? Hmm. <clears throat> I don't know. Are we, Okay, here, here's the thing. From a football standpoint and 
otherwise, from a personality standpoint, I think you can make the case that both ways he might not deserve it. Yeah, I, I mean, how much of the shenanigans can you put up with? I mean, he's the face of your franchise, like... Right. I mean, I'll put it this way. From a personality standpoint, I think it's a lot harder to put him back in and try to to salvage him as the face of your franchise. I mean, I, I just I, I don't think from a character standpoint he is that guy. Oh. Um. And his play on the field has been erratic. He hasn't been. He hasn't been the guy um, just as a quarterback, not not even um, personality-wise or, or everything that he brings to the table off the field. He hasn't been the guy that the that I imagine the Bucks thought that they were drafting when they picked him number one um, in 2015. Yeah, I, I don't think they got that guy at all. I, I mean, he's just I, – I think – the the Bucks have been, you know, highly um, disappointing. Uh, last year they got a lot of buzz that they were going to be, you know, this up and coming team. They they got them weapons. They got, you know, they drafted the tight end out of Alabama, O.J. Howard. They got Mike Evans. They they signed Deshaun Jackson, you know, and they they got them all the weapons that you think he needed, and they were not a very good team. No, they they were for for all the talent that they had, they were they were very disappointing. Um, I mean, they, they underperformed the players. The they have a bad coach. Um, <laughs> I mean, Not they do. Butter fan? No, and I don't think many people are, nor should they be. Right. Um, and. You know, I, I get it from an organizational standpoint. You don't want to admit that the guy that you invested so much in just isn't your guy. But I think it's at that point. And I think the the whole the groping allegation, um, I, I think that has to be the last straw. Like, you, it, there there's more important stuff than – than what you are doing on the field. Right. And and time after time, Jameis has just shown really, really he, poor bad judgment. decisions. Yeah, he's yeah. a bad decision maker on and off the field. <laughs> right, right, yeah. So to answer your one big question, I think this might be it for Jameis. And I don't know who who would take a chance on him. Um, I mean, do you bring him, say, at the end of next year he's, he is a free agent? Do you bring him in to compete for your starting job? Yeah, I mean, do you want that type of guy on your team? I don't know. Right, right. I mean, it, even, like, look where, like, I don't know, just, uh, he just does so many, I mean, I just don't think, I mean, I, it's a bad way to put it, but his talent hasn't been good enough to put up with all the other stuff. 
All the, I mean, really, all the other stuff should be enough to get rid of them. But like, right, right. It, it, we know that that's not how NFL franchises operate. Correct, correct. Um, ideally, that is, that that would be how they operate, but we know that there is a track record of that not being the case. Um, but yeah, you're right. His play on the field, coupled with what he has done off the field is enough where it's hard to imagine him writing this ship. Right. Uh, on that depressing note, let's uh, let's transition into best coach, where I, I think that you could make a case for, for three guys here. Yeah. I went with, I went with Sean Payton. I did too. Yeah. And for well, the reason I went with Sean Payton is he won a Super Bowl. The other two both lost in the Super Bowl. So <laughs> I took him that. He was my pick. So <clears throat> that's fair. I mean, it, if all other things are considered equal, I guess that's a good tiebreaker. Um, that's basically what it was. I mean, I, go ahead. I, how'd you go? No, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I had Peyton, too. Um, I didn't look at it so much as he had a Super Bowl and the other two didn't. I just looked at how he tailored his offensive scheme last year a little bit more to his personnel. And I didn't I didn't know if he would be the kind of coach to to do that. I didn't know if, if the Saints would always be a team that just threw it all around the field and it was just Drew Brees-centric, and, and he was passing for 5,000 yards. Um, the offense just looked a little bit different last year. I think Peyton realized that we have two really good running backs, and he found the best ways to use them. Yeah. Um, the Saints' pass percentage last year was 56.3%, so 56.3% of the time they passed it. From 2010 to 2016, their pass percentage was at least 62% every year, and the highest was 66%. So that 6% drop doesn't sound drastic, but if you compare it to, like, every other coach and, like, how drastically their, their scheme changes over time, that is a huge difference in terms of, of run-pass ratio. Um, yeah. And I, I just I, – he's the one calling the plays there. Um, and I, I just think it was really smart to to find the best ways to to utilize Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram and, and still have this offense that succeeded largely because Drew Brees is so good and so accurate. Yes. Um, but with that said, I – if someone were to go with with Ron Rivera or or Dan Quinn, I, I think you could make a equally strong case for either one of those two. As do I. As do I. Um, let's go to best offensive player. There are a few different ways you could go here. Where did you go? <laughs> well, looking at it, I was like, geez. Uh, Cam Newton, Alvin Kamara, Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, Michael Thomas, you know, Devontae Freeman, 
But in, in the end, I, I went with the guy that I think is the second best receiver in football, and that's Julio Jones. That's fair. Um, I didn't. I didn't pick Jones. I. I think that's probably the right pick. Uh, Pro Football Focus had him the number one wide receiver last year, actually. Uh, Jones and Marvin Harrison are the only two wide receivers in NFL history with four consecutive seasons of at least 1,400 receiving yards. Um, He's built one hell of a career in a short amount of time. And... You know, I just think the, the Falcons' ability to surround him with a couple other high-quality receivers, um, I, I think they've done a really good job of that. They are not just a one-man show in that respect. I mean, Muhammad Sanu, really good. They, they incorporated Taylor Gabriel um, last year, and Drafting Calvin Ridley, I think, was a really good pick. Oh, I love the pick. We'll we'll get to that when we talk about best rookie. Yes. Um, I just like their arsenal of weapons, and and their two running backs out of the backfield catching passes. I think that we'll probably see um, a good amount of 20 personnel, so that's two running backs and three wide receivers. Uh it's unconventional. The Falcons actually used it the second most in the league last year, but it was only 4% of their offensive plays. But I think they they probably go to that maybe even a little bit more this year. Um, having Freeman and Coleman with those three receivers, I think that that could be a really deadly look offensively. I actually I went with three guys. I, I I went with the Saints trio. I went with Breeze, Kamara, and Thomas. Um, I think you can make a case that, that that's the best quarterback, running back, wide receiver trio in the NFL. I think they just edge out the killer bees in Pittsburgh and, and then Goff, Gurley, and Brandon Cooks. Wow. That's a bold statement right there. I think they're at least in the discussion. Um, I, I would probably, I would probably have them second behind the Pittsburgh trio. Yeah, I, I, that, that's fair. I, I, Breeze to me is comfortably ahead of Roethlisberger, um, but Antonio Brown is just Brown is, and Brown is comfortably ahead of Michael Thomas. I think that they're. Le'Veon Bell to me. Kamara, I think, is really good, but he's got a long way to go before he's Le'Veon Bell. True. I I think he could get close to that this year, though. Um, He led the league in broken tackles last year out of – as a running back in the receiving game. He had the 11th 700-yard rushing, 800-yard receiving season in NFL history. I just think he's really good, and I think heading into year two, Sean Payton will find even more ways to use him. I actually thought he should have touched the ball a little bit more last year than he did. Um, Well, he's going to touch it more this year because isn't Ingram suspended to start the year? Yeah, Ingram suspended for the first four games, so his workload will be – it'll be increased the first four weeks. Um, 
but even when he's back, I would I would try to utilize him as much as possible because with the ball in his hands, he's electric. Oh, he's phenomenal. He he is. I I love Kamara. He was he was my go-to guy in draft games last year. Yeah, he could get really good value with him there. He was actually. As I've mentioned before, I use Pro Football Focus a lot in my research. <laughs> Come on, no, and and this kind of led me to my my statement that that's the best quarterback, running back, wide receiver trio. Kamara was the number one running back. Breeze was the number two quarterback, and Michael Thomas was actually the number two wide receiver. Um, so those guys rated out very highly. Um, I think that a lot of people forgot how good Drew Brees still is because he didn't put up the gaudy numbers that he had in the past. It was his lowest touchdown total since he was with the Chargers. Um, But even so, he set the NFL record for completion percentage. So I don't know. I love that offense. I love their weapons. They're a fun team to watch, that's for sure. They really are. They really are. And when they get Ingram back and they have that dynamic in the backfield, um, they're going to be really tough, really tough mm-hmm. to stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, best defensive player. A lot of options. Well, a lot of options. Um, Vic Beasley, Gerald McCoy, Cam Jordan, the name of you, Luke Keekley. You know, <laughs> he, he right up there. But I went with a guy that, to me, just turned the Saints defense around, and that's Marcus Lattimore. I mean, he just the shutdown corner. I mean, with him in that lineup last year, the Saints defense went from really bad to pretty good. And I think mm-hmm. it's a lot to do with him just being able to lock one guy right down. And so it was a tough choice, but – he was he was my upset pick for the defensive player. I had him right there. He uh defensive rookie of the year. Um he didn't allow a touchdown all season. That's incredible for a rookie. Yeah. Yeah. Um I, I actually went with his teammate. I went with Cam Jordan. Um he had eight quarterback pressures in the Vikings game that that the Saints should have won. Uh he was just excellent, and he pressured the quarterback all season long. You could go either way with with those two, and like you said, Keekley, he he's right there, um, arguably the best cover linebacker in the league. Uh, McCoy, so disruptive in the interior, um, but the fact that it is two Saints players that we're talking most about, it is. Uh, drastically different than than what we than a couple years ago yeah it's not your father's new orleans Orleans saves yeah oh that's for sure um that is for sure let's go to best division newcomer so i looked at this and one guy was a big question mark because he switched teams but it was in the division, so I'm not sure if that counts as division newcomer or not. We can roll with it. I mean, we make the rules. I mean, I looked at Jason Pierre-Paul. I looked at Torrey Smith, but 
I think the addition of Don Terry Poe is going to be a, a, a huge impact for that Carolina defense. He's he's a very disruptive defensive tackle, and I, I, that was that was my pick. If we're going to let it roll, I'll allow it. And your co-host, so you could go wherever you want. Um, that, that wasn't my pick. I had a tie. I, I'm sticking with the Saints here, too. Um, Patrick Robinson and Demario Davis. Adding the two of those guys, I, I think those were two really good signings. Um, Demario Davis led the NFL in tackles last year. Robinson was the sixth-ranked ranked, uh, cornerback per pro football focus. I just think adding those two to a defense that they really overachieved in a big way last year, um, I, I just think that those were two really big signings. Yeah. Um, so th- that was my pick. Uh, you know, the but we haven't talked much about the Bucks aside from bashing on Janus. Um, but they, they did add three really good defensive linemen, Vinnie Curry, Jason Pierre-Paul, and Bo Allen. Their defensive line was the worst in the league last year. Um, and adding those three guys along with Gerald McCoy, it, it improves that unit in a big way. Um, and I, I don't know that that translates to wins, but no. it it, <laughs> it uh. Th- Defen- defensively, they shouldn't be quite as bad. Uh, best rookie. Well, best rookie to me was a lock. I, I won't Calvin Ridley. Yeah, I think the guy's just going to be an absolute stud opposite of, you know, Julio Jones and, you know, Muhammad Sanu in the slot. Matt Ryan's should have a, a huge year with, with the weapons he has. Yeah. Um, you know, I think D.J. Moore will be a good receiver for Carolina, but Calvin Ridley, to me, has, you know, I, I think he has the potential to be a, a real great receiver in the NFL. I agree. Um, I actually had those two tied as my my pick. Ridley has a much higher upside, I think, but I think that those two probably both settle in as the third receiver on their teams. Um, DJ Moore has to avoid driving 113 miles per hour in a 65 mile per hour speed zone. Um, what's that? That's problem. Yeah, yeah, probably avoid that. Um, if he does that, he should find a pretty, a pretty nice role in the Panthers' offense. But. Um, Ridley probably the safer pick. In in reality, that that should have been a solo pick for Ridley on my part. Uh, hot seat watch. Well, I went I went back to our boy uh, Janus Winston. Um, I don't think a seat could get much hotter than his is right now. I mean, you know, with with his on field troubles and his off-field troubles, I think I think Jameis is running out of chances. And, you know, like we talked about, will any other team really give him a shot? So I think if Tampa Bay gives him one, he better make the most of it because his time could be running out. 
Yeah, I I went with Jameis and Dirk Cutter here. Um, I I think they're both gone at the end of the year. I think I think if, I think that's how it's got to be. I think they got this start over. Yeah. Um, on a non-Bucks note, I think Steve Sarkeesian is going to have a short leash this year. Yeah, too many weapons not to be not to be really good offense. Yeah, they they uh, their points per game dropped twelve um, from 2016 to 2017. That's uh. That's the Kyle Shanahan effect right there. Um, so I, I think that's another guy who could be on the hot seat possibly without a job at the end of the year if the Falcons underachieve. Um, Dirk Cutter is first coach fired plus 400. I'd look into that. Uh, Bucks to finish with the worst record in the NFL plus 800. Maybe maybe dial up a parlay there. <laughs> All right. Uh, division records. You're leading the way. Okay. Well, we started at the bottom, so we might as well keep talking about Tampa Bay at 4-12. <laughs> uh, I got Carolina at 10-6, Atlanta at 11-5, and, and New Orleans at 11-5. and five. All right, yeah, we're, as usual, we're not far off. I had Tampa Bay 3-13. and 13. Uh, Panthers 9-7. and seven. Falcons 10-6. and six. And the New Orleans Saints, I had 12-4. and four. So we, we were close. Yeah. Yeah, I... Uh, that's a tough division, man. Really tough. <laughs> really tough. I was when I was going through it, I was like, man, these are three really good teams. Yeah. I. I don't know. I. I guess I, I could say at this point, I, I didn't have the Panthers in the playoffs. Um. And I feel weird about it. Yeah. I'm not, and we've talked about this on the pod before. Neither of us are huge Cam Newton guys. Um, I, it feels weird to leave him out. He, I mean, they were 11 and five last year. It, it feels like I, I feel like adding Torrey Smith and DJ Moore makes it. Plus, you know, Christian McCaffrey. I, yeah, I year, year two of McCaffrey. That yeah, and that. They're going to be really solid, too. <laughs> and, and getting Greg Olson back. Yeah. He only played seven games last year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've, uh, we've beaten up North Turner a bit here and there on the podcast over the years. But as an offensive coordinator, it might not be a terrible fit. I don't know if he's a – he's not a good head coach, but – Offensive coordinator, he's good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I have a little more confidence in him in that role, and especially for, for Greg Olson's sake. Usually North Turner offenses are 
tight end friendly. I, I think yeah. Olsen coming back could have a nice year. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love the Saints team, though. I gotta say, yeah, they're. they're I'm looking. I'm looking forward to watch them play. They're gonna be fun to watch. And Atlanta too. Like, man, this that that's a good division. Yes, it is. I give that division a nod for the most football. To be honest with you. Yeah, I think if you're looking at the top three, uh, there's probably there's not a better top three than than the NFC South. Definitely not. Uh, I, I guess that wraps it up for this one. We have one division preview podcast left: the NFC North. Um, if you just listened to this one and you haven't already listened to the NFC North podcast, give that a listen. Uh, we're on Hardwood and Hollywood. You could follow us on Twitter at Jumbo Package NFL. And uh, so if you're listening to this and you listen to it the day it was released, that will be Thursday, August 30th. That means a week from today, Thursday, September 6th. Opening night, maybe. Opening night, the, and not only opening night, but the first weekly episode of the Jumbo Package NFL podcast where Paulie and I will be picking the NFL games every week. Every week, 1 through 17, and then four rounds of the playoffs. We will be here picking NFL games. I had a spectacular year picking games last year. Um and Paulie is ready to to turn things around. He, he was not quite as good as me last year. So you know what you're going to do every week. You're going to want to get yourself some nice big soft jumbo pretzels. Get yourself some nacho cheese and settle down for the jumbo package, baby. Listen to it. It's NFL's best podcast. <laughs> you can't top that. We'll be back. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.